Hello everyone, welcome along to the July edition of Baptist Voice. Stand by for a major announcement about Baptist Voice, but not before we have praised God and given thanks for his amazing grace. to our friends at the uh, Northern Baptist Association for that amazing grace. Now, Baptist Voice is brought to you as it has been for the past few months under lockdown conditions. Next month, if all goes well, we will be allowed into Greenfield Church to use the Baptist Voice studio and recording facilities. This is the important bit. If you know of anyone who uses the traditional recorded tapes, CDs and memory sticks, would you let them know that normal service will be resumed in August? Also, if you know of anyone who you think would like to receive Baptist Voice on a monthly basis on tape or CD or memory stick, then we will be pleased to send it. In order to qualify for the free distribution scheme, though, you do have to be registered blind. All the team are here, revved up and raring to go. I'll introduce them to you as we go on, starting as we always do with Andrea and the news from the denomination. 
The Baptist Historical Society has taken a key initiative to engage in online webinars during 2020-themed Uncovering Baptist Stories. The initiative is a response to a suggestion from Baptist Union General Secretary, the Reverend Lynn Green, encouraging the Society to make available to a wider general audience something of the research and reflection in which Society members are engaged. The original plan was to hold three regional days in the autumn, but COVID-19 has caused the committee of the BHS to rethink their approach. Having successfully held a committee meeting online, and then the annual general meeting enabling people to participate from a wide range of locations, BHS President, the Reverend Dr Keith G. Jones, commented, We believe the time has come to respond to Lynn's challenge. We can't follow our original plans, but it is clear to us that using available technology, we can offer webinars online inviting people to engage with a series of key themes that we believe are important to contemporary Baptistic Christians as we seek to learn from our past and adapt to our present ways of being and doing church and mission. A small action team is working on the format and the society expects to advertise these dates, themes and contributors in the near future. The changing church responding to the coronavirus crisis report has highlighted a range of church concerns, outcomes and practical and prayerful responses of recent months. The report surveyed churches, almost 700 churches and 196 faith-based organisations across denominations, including the Church of England, Baptist, Elin, Assemblies of God, Redeemed Christian Church of God, Methodists, New Frontiers, Presbyterians and Independents. It was conducted by the Evangelical Alliance in partnership with the charity Stewardship and Edo Research and released in mid-June. Almost two-thirds of the UK churches reported a marked increase in people interested in finding out more about the Christian faith. In addition, 70% of church leaders reported a surge in the number of people who would not normally attend church, now showing an interest online during lockdown. The report stated that churches across the UK have done a great job of bringing their Sunday services online, adding, interesting, churches with larger congregations are far more likely to pre-record their Sunday service than those with a smaller congregation who seem to prefer broadcasting live. 45% of church leaders reported that preparing and delivering material for Sunday services is currently taking up most of their time. When asked about the economic impact on their churches, leaders reported 31% had used the government furlough scheme and two-thirds of churches are concerned about the loss of offering income, while 78% highlighted concern about an increase in mental health problems. Evangelical Alliance UK Director Peter Linus said, Since lockdown we have seen churches across the country adapt to the uncertain environment and speak directly to the fear and anxiety that many people are feeling throughout the UK. Online services are reporting huge levels of interest and thousands are engaging with the church for the first time as a place of hope. Our church buildings may be shut, but we, the church, remain open and active. Let us continue to go above and beyond for our communities. There is always more that we can do. 
Climate Sunday has been organised by churches together in Britain and Ireland, with support from charities including CAFOD, Christian Aid, Tear Fund, A Russia UK and Operation Noah. Local churches are encouraged to hold a local Climate Sunday any time during a one-year period starting on the 6th of September. It will provide free resources to suit every tradition and style of worship. During their local Climate Sunday, organisers invite each church to do one or more of these three things. A climate service. Hold a climate-focused service to explore the theological and scientific basis of creation, care and action on climate. To pray and to commit to action. To commit. Make a commitment as a local church community to taking long-term action to reduce its own greenhouse gas emissions. And to call. Join with other churches and wider societies by adding their name to a common call for the UK government to take much bolder action on climate change in this country in advance of COP26 and to strengthen its credibility to lead the international community to adopt a step change in action at COP26. To register for Climate Sunday, visit the website www.climatesunday.org. As we pass the most severe period of lockdown, it seems a good time to assess how churchgoers have responded to the experience and what they think the future might hold. Two professors, Andrew Village and Leslie Francis from York St John University, have compiled a survey. How well have people coped with the pandemic? Has it strengthened or weakened their faith? How has it been for clergy and ministry teams trying to work in this new environment? How had those receiving ministry found this novel experience? Will virtual ministry become part of the post-pandemic landscape? And will this be a good move for your church? This is an online survey which we estimate will take you about 20 to 30 minutes to complete. Most of the questions simply require you to tick boxes, though there are options to specify your particular circumstances, and an opportunity at the end for you to tell us your views in your own words. Alongside questions about the pandemic and ministry, there are sections which ask about you. These are important because they will allow us to see how the lockdown is affecting different sorts of people in different contexts. The survey can be completed on mobile phones, though it's more quickly completed on devices with larger screens, such as tablets or computers. You can access using the following link. https colon forward slash forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash YCSQ9F. Why two? And now it's time to introduce Lucy, who's still not back at school, but nonetheless has compiled this month's edition of the Youth News. Scripture Union wants you to be prepared for when we get to what has been referred to as the new normal and young people can meet together again. Many teenagers will be lonely, unhappy and struggling to find a sense of purpose. In a world driven by social media and hype, they live on shifting sands. Through your support, Scripture Union are launching a simple but revolutionary youth work framework, Rooted, which will help them to develop solid foundations of faith and identity to thrive. Scripture Union's Lucy Pearson has been intensively involved in Rooted's development. She says, We want to tell young people that God created them and has a purpose for their lives. 
but they're exposed to all sorts of ideas. Why should they listen to us? We need to earn the right to be heard by them, to show we're trustworthy and that we genuinely care. Rooted is very flexible. Lucy says, even a small church with few resources can start a rooted group. It's about using what's in your hands. It doesn't need to be slick and professional. It's about finding a place and a time that works. SU has developed various resources that rooted groups can use if they want to. Some help to stimulate discussion. For example, there are hub cards with short but deep questions and a leader's guide with more in-depth material. As the group grows in confidence, there are rooted retreats, which are light on activities and have lots of space for reflection. A favourite is the retreat to the Peak District. One youth leader who was there says, it's wonderful to see them all grow in confidence, becoming more open to hearing about God and his love for them. They talked openly about their feelings and newfound strategies. Perhaps the most moving part of the weekend was the game they initiated of giving compliments around the campfire. Rooted journal sessions had encouraged them to value themselves and this seemed to flow instinctively into them, wanting to show others that they too were valued. This made such a difference to their self-esteem and seeing them talk about themselves in a more positive way the next day was beautiful. And the young people themselves, what do they feel about Rooted? It's like the fire in my life, lighting me up in the dark, says Ellie. Carl reflects, I've made loads of new mates, gone out of my comfort zone, and learnt loads more about myself and how God sees me. Zinna and Joyce say, we love Rooted, we can be ourselves, talk about anything, and it's good knowing there's a place to hang out each week. Gus simply says, I feel like we're family. To learn more, go to https colon forward slash forward slash contents.scriptureunion.org.uk Scroll down and click on the panel that says Rooted, Strong Foundations for Young People in Uncertain Times. There's a youth work opportunity at Gilgal Baptist Church. Do you have experience in disciplining young people and building relationships with those outside the church? In 2020, Gilgal Baptist Church, Porth Cal, South Wales, has a vacancy for a youth worker. Initially, this is a half-time post, which may be increased to full-time, subject to the church obtaining additional funding. The successful candidate will be required to apply for an enhanced disclosure from the Disclosure and Barring Service. It is an occupational requirement that the postholder must be a committed Christian. For a full job description and church profile, visit https colon forward slash forward slash gilgal.co.uk forward slash about forward slash vacancies or contact the senior pastor Martin Gillard for more information at gillardmc at aol.com or phone 01656 771 168. The closing date for applications is Friday the 31st of July. If you are able to use it, the West of England Association have some holiday club material that is under development. The theme is Under the Sea, and each day we will be exploring a different teaching that Jesus gave from the Sea of Galilee. It includes dramas, Bible teachings, memory verse, science experiments, crafts and games. The full episodes will be approximately 45 minutes long as a completed package, including the pirates trying to take over. There will be five of these or you can use any or all of the six elements individually 
and do your own links to add in familiar faces from your church. We will have a list of supplies that you could send your children to make it more interactive. The material will be available from the 17th of August to air on or after the 24th of August. Do get in touch with Jenny Ring if you would like to make use of the material. Good to hear Lucy back from her camping holiday in her back garden. It wasn't a long holiday because there weren't any showers and there was nowhere for her to plug in her hair straighteners. That's important to a young lady, you know. Now, Lindsay is a young mum and finds changing facilities and quiet nights are more important. She's had a struggle with the regional news. She looks forward to the return of the Baptist Voice Studio. However, she starts her report in the West Country. From June 13th, churches have been allowed to open for private prayer. This has proved physically impossible for some churches, unable to meet the distancing regulations. Clevedon Baptist Church in Somerset has opened its building for private prayer and reflection as soon as they could using the Hope Together mission initiative of Hope Spaces. The building is open seven days a week for a variety of two-hour slots during the mornings, afternoons and evenings. It's created stations based around peace and justice and rest. We pray that it will be a space for people in our community after these challenging few months to come and pray and encounter the living God, the church said in a statement. The building will be a safe space following the COVID-19 secure guidelines and social distancing rules, it explained. Two members of the church will be there to welcome and give guidance to visitors and it is open for individuals or households to explore. Shirley Warren Action Church has developed deeper community connections by meeting local needs during the coronavirus crisis and a Baptist Union grant has played a part. The Baptist Church's building is a key community gathering point in the Shirley Warren area of Southampton. Lots of groups meet there in addition to the church's numerous activities, which include a daily community cafe and a Friday lunch club. Like many with much used buildings, the church experienced a sudden loss in revenue as a result of the lockdown. It made use of our Baptist Union's coronavirus financial support scheme. For many on Friday, it was the only place they would go, said Jenny. Many are unchurched, but would describe the lunch club as their church. So we were able to build up some relationship with them and there is a real sense of belonging. In lockdown, we have delivered a lot of meals along with people shopping. It's the highlight of a lot of people's weeks. For some, it might have been their only contact. And nobody who we delivered meals to is a member of the church. With the combination of its community connections, Baptist Union Grant and selfless volunteers, the church has met many people's needs and deepened its community relationships during the lockdown. We have definitely stepped up connections with members of the community, says Jenny. Some people have even said, when we come out of lockdown, can we come to your church? Of course they can. We're a church that welcomes everyone. Ben Tucker is the minister of Seton Baptist Church in Devon. With a recent home mission grant, Ben has been able to increase the number of days he gives to the church from three to four. 
In a recent video shared by South West Baptist Association, he explains how it's helped enable the church to pursue a vision called Restored, a vision of seeing its community restored, seeing people and places brought back into life again, helping people flourish and living life to the full. The vision for this health and well-being project comes from Isaiah 58, which speaks of sharing your food with the hungry and your home with the homeless. The first day he was able to work on it, Ben was asking God to show a way forward. At 5.30pm that day, he received a call asking if he could coordinate a new project in Seton because one of the councillors was too busy to take it on. It seemed a great opportunity, Ben said, with people across the community working in the community to help make Seton more mentally health aware. The group had done about two weeks of meetings together when the coronavirus hit. It changed everything. The group had a call from the mayor asking how they might support Seton during this time, particularly the isolated, lonely and vulnerable. Ben suggested creating a network of volunteers and putting cards into each house with a phone number to call and email address to contact if anyone needed anything. Very quickly, they were able to set up 11 coordinators and 160 volunteers across Seton with every road covered. What's grown naturally is this real care and love for the neighbour, Ben explained. It's been incredible to witness. Half the coordinators are from the church. Many volunteers are part of the churches together in Seton. We are very much connected and in relationship with lots of people. It doesn't have a Christian banner over it. It doesn't need to. It's Christians working alongside the community and it's great to watch. My message is to trust God in the unexpected and to expect that he might do unexpected things in our communities. Thanks, Lindsay. There's no problem with studios for Professor Gareth. He operates from his music room using electronics and the power of the internet. God has spoken by his prophets. It's number 100 in Baptist Praise and Worship.
comes Gareth. Claire, next, who has the benefit of her own recording facilities and brings us news from Christian Aid. And Christian Aid, along with other aid agencies, is worried about a new move by the government to change the way aid is distributed. Leaders of faith-based overseas development agencies, including Christian Aid, have come together to condemn the government's decision to abolish the Department for International Development, DFID. In a joint statement, the charities described the merger of DFID with the Foreign and Commonwealth Office as an act of injustice that will have severe consequences on the world's poorest people. The statement is signed by Christian Aid's chief executive, Amanda Cozy Mukwashi, alongside the heads of CAFOD, Islamic Relief UK, Scottish Catholic International Aid Fund, Tear Fund, the Leprosy Mission England and Wales, and World Vision UK. It says... The abolition of DFID is a political move and the world's most vulnerable people will pay the highest price. A global pandemic, the likes of which we've not seen in our lifetime, is tearing through the world's poorest communities, threatening to reverse decades of development gains. UK aid is more critical than ever and it's essential to ensure the focus remains on fighting poverty and reaching those in greatest need. The Prime Minister has made clear his intention to use aid to further Britain's national interests, a clear violation of the primary purpose of aid, which is to alleviate poverty. This will blunt the impact of aid on those most in need and risks more people suffering and dying as a result. As people of faith and leaders of organisations which seek to lift up the hungry, the poor and the oppressed, we stand against this act of injustice. We have a moral and ethical duty to neighbours near and far. History will not look kindly on the UK's retreat into narrow self-interest. Patrick Watt, Christian Aid's Director of Policy, Public Affairs and Campaigns, added, This announcement is an act of political vandalism. Stripping the Department for International Development, DFID, of its independence and folding it into the Foreign Commonwealth Office threatens a double whammy to people in poverty, and to our standing in the world. The timing couldn't be worse for people living in poverty, when for the first time in a generation, COVID-19 is driving a dramatic increase in extreme poverty. Far from being a symbol of global Britain, this move risks making Britain more parochial and weakening its credibility in the rest of the world. Six Kingston ministers and clergy, backed by the Bishop of Kingston, have finished their challenge to clock up two million steps between them in May to help some of the world's poorest communities across the world protect themselves from COVID-19. The ministers surpassed their original £15,000 goal and continue to raise an incredible amount for Christian Aid Week. Each year, churches across Kingston come together to help transform the lives of the world's most vulnerable people. But lockdown meant that the usual community events, such as house-to-house collections, market stalls and a flag day, couldn't happen this year. Instead, the ministers, who are from different denominations, including the Church of England, the Methodist Church and the United Reformed Church, each pledged to complete 300,000 steps in May in return for sponsorship. We had no real expectation of getting a response as large as £16,000. We think that people realise that though things are difficult enough for us in the UK, these times are and will be much harder for those that face the threat of COVID-19 in places where soap is an unaffordable luxury, water is precious, health services are not so developed and living conditions 
particularly in places like the refugee camps, hugely overcrowded. We called the challenge Walk for a Whole World because we want wholeness for people, the chance to thrive and not merely survive, wherever they are in the world. Let's stand together with our neighbours, both near and far. Christian Aid is currently responding to the crisis in 17 countries across the globe. Thanks, Claire. And we'll be hearing from Claire again later on. The next member of the team is Katie, who should be attending lectures herself instead of reporting on the strange way our colleges are having to cope. She starts just down the road from the home of the Northern Baptist College. From Luther King House, the home of Northern Baptist College, we hear that they cannot hold their normal lay preachers and worship leaders conference this year. But, they say, we believe Northern College, working within Luther King House, has experience we can support you with during these challenging and sad times for individuals and churches. We are blessed to have two trauma specialists on our staff team now and hope that you will feel the opportunity to zoom in and share will be of benefit to you and something you can pass on to your churches. We are offering two opportunities to join in with these two half-day conferences Attendance capped at 25 for each occasion on a first-come, first-served basis. We anticipate there may be a waiting list, so if you find you cannot join in, please let us know or offer an alternative person from your church. There is no charge, but if you felt able to make a donation to a charity you know is doing something helpful in the COVID-19 crisis, you don't have to tell us, that would be great. We look forward to seeing old friends and new. A full programme for the conference can be found and booking arranged via the website lutherkinghouse.org.uk under the events section. Spurgeon's College may have locked the front door but they are still open for admissions and ready to take your call on 020 8653 extension number 201. Email address is admissions at spurgeons.ac.uk. There was a virtual open day on July 1st for the Spurgeons College Certificate in Theology and Ministry course, which will be taught in Birmingham. It gave prospective students an opportunity to learn more about what the college has to offer, to learn more about available courses, to explore student life outside lockdown and to ask about funding or finance for the course. The content is available to view at any time and can be accessed via our website www.spurgeons.ac.uk forward slash virtual dash open dash day. On the 3rd of July Spurgeons held a newly ordained Minister's Spirituality and Mental Health Study Day. The day was led by Nigel Copley and was aimed at NAMS in their third learning contract. Faith and Feelings is the working title. They explored how our faith connects with our feelings. The aim is to explore how there is often a struggle between our feelings and our inner journey of faith. They looked at why this occurs and how the inner struggle might be resolved. There's a contact number if you want to know more. 020-8653-0853 
Peter Hatton, the coordinator of theological education at our Bristol College, has appeared in a video on the college website. He reports that the college is functioning as well as can be expected in these interesting times, and that he and all the staff are missing the one-to-one -one contact with students and other colleagues. He points out that Christianity is an incarnational religion, and we don't believe in disembodied contact. They are looking forward to the day when they can all meet together, eat together and pray together in an encouraging way. His final message is for anyone who is contemplating studying for the ministry not to be discouraged by current events. The college will definitely be open to receive new students and to teach and encourage them alongside their current cohort. Sometimes it can be helpful to talk through your options with someone else. So they are opening up the possibility for you to have a one-to-one -one conversation with one of the tutors via a video call. There's a wealth of experience among the staff and they will be prepared to talk through all the issues involved in accepting a call to study for the Baptist ministry. Call the college on 0117-946-7050. Thanks Katie, let's hope everything goes all well for you. Music next, and as always it's Phil our Music Man. We go back a long way personally and professionally with Phil, but the abiding memories of Phil always quick with answers in Greenfield's Junior Church. This month he's unearthed another gem from the Gettys, specially released for use of churches during the pandemic. Unable to fill arenas with praise due to the COVID-19 pandemic, famed hymn writers Kristin and Keith Getty have turned to lead God's people in worship through the wonders of modern livestream technology, and it's proved a roaring success. The Northern Irish couple, who are perhaps best known for penning the classic hymn In Christ Alone, have been hosting family worship sessions from their living room in Nashville, Tennessee. It was Kristin's idea because she'd been hearing about so many lonely old folk at home on their own and friends of hers were talking about how bored their kids were, Keith told the Christian Institute. Well, soon thousands were tuning in to each family hymn sing worship set, which features backing vocals from the Getty's three young daughters. Well, by the end of the second week, it was total chaos. 1.1 million people tuning in and before it knew it, we were all on Fox News, Keith added. It's been a huge hit in a way that we never imagined. With coronavirus lockdown prohibiting all live music shows for the time being, Keith said that his family are leaning on their faith in Jesus to stave off fear and retain a sense of hope for the future. We don't know when lockdown will end or how it's going to end. We don't know if our jobs are going to be the same as they were before. And we can't be sure we won't get COVID-19 or even a variant in a few years time, he said. Well, as well as performing their gospel music and re-recording many old hymns, the Gettys also are uh, writing songs and they are partnering with others to write new material. The latest written by Matt Papa and Stuart Townend and recorded at Sing 2019 by the Gettys with Stuart Townend and it's been uploaded to YouTube for everyone to use free of charge. My firm foundation in circumstance. My strength and hope through many fears and failures. The disappointments of the past. His constant love has. 
Thank you, Phil. These are indeed interesting times for Christian musicians, particularly for those artists and singers who have felt called to a life of ministry through music and suddenly find that they no longer have their pulpit, if you like. It's been removed and their income is no longer existing either. Phil, do keep us posted. Let's take a look now at the continuing work of BMS World Mission. Here's Andrea. Threatened, bereaved, kidnapped. 
These are the stories of resilient Venezuelan settlers in Lima, Peru. They represent just some of the people caught up in the second largest refugee crisis in the world, a mass exodus of five million living in exile across the globe. Despite their troubles, smiling faces welcome people into a church full of joyful chatter. It's nine o'clock in the morning and the mouth-watering aroma of cornflower patties reach every corner, wafting its way over to children who are singing and dancing to Christmas tunes. These delicious fried buns, otherwise known as arepas, leak melted cheese and tasty ham. Breakfast is served. Arepas are a taste of home and staple comfort food for the hundred Venezuelan asylum seekers here today at the Primera Iglesias Bautista de Lima, First Baptist Church of Lima in Peru. Working in tandem with the Peruvian Baptist Convention, CEBP, BMS World Mission workers Daniel and Regiana Clark chose this centrally located church to host a social action event dedicated to supporting Venezuelan settlers. Every room in this large church offers a free service, thanks to Regiana's careful planning. In the central hall is an experienced doctor, with a volunteer dentist checking people's teeth and teaching children good oral hygiene. Upstairs sit psychologists, expert lawyers and a physiotherapist, all offering advice and a listening ear. Outside, volunteers host children's games and even a puppet show. Everyone has given up their Saturday to serve. And what volunteers offer their Venezuelan guests today provide a striking contrast with what they've left behind. We couldn't find any food in the supermarkets, said Carmen Mora, a mother of three who arrived in Lima in January 2019. You needed to get up early to join the queue. You'd stay there until six o'clock at night, and then the food would have run out. Carmen's story is typical. She decided to leave when her home's electricity, gas and water were cut off. She gathered her children and grandchildren to take a series of buses across Colombia and Ecuador to Peru. It took a terrifying and uncertain six days. Her eldest son and her husband remained, her son wanting to complete his studies, and her husband committed to working at a company he'd been loyal to for 25 years. But then my husband started to get ill, Carmen explains. They said he had a type of hepatitis, but it was pancreatic cancer, and with the lack of treatment there, everything was so expensive, he died. There was no way Carmen, a Venezuelan with an unresolved refugee status, could leave Peru to attend the funeral. But my faith in the Lord has strengthened me, Carmen said. Please pray for my son who stayed in Venezuela, that God would console him. George Williams became homeless in 2014. He now lives at West London Mission's Burgess Park House, a supported housing service for men and women who've served in the armed forces. This is his story, and he would like you to know about being homeless in the UK. Sometimes it's difficult. You can't sign on with no address, so I lost my benefit. I got it reinstalled after a couple of months. I gave the address of my friend's place where I was staying, sleeping on the floor. But he was in a hostel, so I had to be out early as they would come round and check the hostel. I had that thing inside of me, 
You have to get out. You have to survive. It was like the military services kicking back in. But then I got somewhere, and when I tried to commit suicide, I don't really understand that, but I felt it was much better that I'd just die rather than go through the hardship I was going through. He was a member of a church in Elton. I used to go every Sunday, he said, but when I moved away, I lost contact. His experience, he says, is that the ones that go to church and just go on Sunday, I don't think they really care. I think they just go to get some spiritual healing for themselves. Those who work there do their best, but they can't fix everything. Some don't really know what they're talking about, as they haven't had the void in their life, so they couldn't really understand. Jesus always mattered to me, but I haven't always responded and recognised it. Since I've been in hospital, I praise him every day. I read my Bible every morning. I say my prayers every evening. I've always got my Bible with me, given to me by my friend. When I was in rehab, Jesus came to me one day and he spoke to me. You might say that this was a madness I was going through, but he came to me and said, I ain't ready for you yet. I think about that every time I feel down, and I pick up my Bible and read the Psalms. There's everything in the Psalms. They lift me up don't think I could get out of bed in the morning without thanking him for protecting me and my family and friends. I thank him for waking me up. It's amazing to see sunlight, not darkness. I know he's got a plan for me, but I don't know what it is yet. George Williams is trying to find God's plan. BMS World Mission have issued a statement about the Black Lives Matter movement. The movement fighting against racism in all its forms deserves support, solidarity and Christ-like witness within it from all followers of Jesus. BMS World Mission believes that black lives matter. We affirm that black lives matter in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught and embodied justice and who died a violent death at the hands of authorities acting with the support of unjust government and religious institutions. We affirm that black lives matter to the God who created all human beings in the likeness of God and through whose prophets and apostles the message of justice has been spoken. We affirm that black lives matter in the name of the Holy Spirit who has inspired prophets such as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to fight for equality, respect and meaningful change and whose messages have too often been co-opted and watered down for the sake of comfort. We affirm that black lives matter because black lives are still being taken violently, decades after Dr. King himself was martyred. Because black lives are still marginalised by systemic racism, covert racism, and oppressive policing all over the world, including the UK because too often we hear of a few bad apples and other excuses for murder, discrimination and dehumanising racism that black people, made in the image of the living God, encounter every single day. We affirm that black lives matter because, to our shame, it seems that our society and our world do not yet understand this. As long as black lives continue to be silenced, marginalised and oppressed, 
It's the duty of all who serve the justice-loving God to speak out on behalf of those who are suffering. We affirm that black lives matter because we are black as well as white and many other races in our staff and body of workers. We affirm that black lives matter because we recognise the greater challenge that people of colour faced just to be part of such a staff and body, and because we recognise that white privilege without and within our organisation has often caused pain. We affirm Black Lives Matter because we recognise that white people have a road to travel and that sisters and brothers of colour have been gracious and patient in the waiting and should be able to expect better and quicker progress. BMS affirms that Black Lives Matter because we serve globally alongside partners of all races and ethnicities through whom God is at work in mighty ways and we seek to express God's love to those who have been marginalised and held down by a history of racism that has benefited our organisation by benefiting the country from which we have historically operated. It was reunion day at the Chanvin nursing home in the Parisian suburb of Gif-sur-Rivette, a long-awaited moment for residents and their families who had gone two months without any visits. It had taken staff almost three weeks to work out how to safely reopen the doors of the care home in this new world, one governed by COVID-19. But finally, on the 11th of May 2020, the first three visitors were able to see their loved ones face to face and the emotion was palpable. BMS World Mission worker Christine Kling has been visiting the Chenvert nursing home regularly since becoming a part-time chaplain there in 2017. Among her other pastoral responsibilities, she counts her visits to residents in their 70s and 80s, many living with dementia, depression or other serious health conditions, as an important part of her job. In the West, our interest in nursing homes is likely related to whether we've ever visited one or had a relative move in or perhaps worked in the sector. But recently, care homes have been front-page news with questions raised over whether they have been woefully underserved by governments in the coronavirus pandemic. This care home is at the heart of the community, a rare position for most care homes in Western culture Christine lists underpaid staff, the difficulties of the job itself, the pain, long hours, night shifts and a lack of recognition as just some of the well-worn issues many Western countries have yet to address. But the arrival of the coronavirus forces us to confront them. Indeed, we have been required to confront many things this year. And as Chenver prepared to welcome back visitors for the very first time, we could become inured to the talk of strategies of personal protective equipment or five-step plans and coded alert levels. So on the 11th of May, visits were by appointment in a dedicated room. Social distancing measures were in place, of course, along with temperature screening and the compulsory wearing of masks. The elderly residents didn't always understand why they couldn't touch their visitor. Why it was only one relative at a time, and for thirty minutes, says Christine. The care home is just one place where Christians can share this love and serve the local community. Indeed, reunion day at Chauvert was only possible 
thanks to the bravery and help of volunteers who stepped in to coordinate the visits, sew gowns and gather enough PPE. The first day of the visit was a very special day. The laughter behind the masks and the sparkling eyes provided moments of happiness was also a little balm for the heart, says Christine. When it is possible to come together again, we will remember this day at Chalvert. A timely reminder there that BMS World Mission is at work in Europe, supporting European Baptists, not just in Africa and Asia and South America, but anywhere there's a Baptist cause in need of support. On with the youth news now, and here's Lucy again. Working with young people is a bit different at the moment, as I'm sure you found out already. Youth for Christ operates on a local basis with regional resources and varies from area to area. To see what's happening near you, go to the YSC website and enter your address or the address of your church, and you'll be directed to a local website. If you put in the address for Greenfield Church, the home of Baptist Voice, you are directed to two YSC resources, YSC Trafford and YSC Warrington, which is a bit up the M62 from here, heading for Liverpool. Each local office has its strengths. Trafford concentrates on working with primary schools, but they do have a virtual quiz night up online. Give it a try. It's on YouTube as Trafford Virtually Quiz Night. It's definitely aimed at young people. Ralph gave up after the second question. Warrington have followed their staff and are concentrating on maintaining their Twitter feed and Facebook page. They are offering tickets online to a public quiz night to raise funds for the group's work in supporting young people struggling with isolation. It'll probably be too late for you to take part, but at least it will give you a clue as to what YFC are up to. To check your local activities, go to yfc.co.uk and enter your address. Birmingham Children's Hospital is a world leader in some of the most advanced treatments, complex surgical procedures and cutting-edge research and development. Chaplains support patients, families and staff, whether or not they profess a faith. The chaplaincy team engage in activities with the children to help with their pastoral, spiritual and religious needs. The Baptist chaplain is Andrew Phillips and he says about his job, We provide support, end-of-life blessings, baptisms and lead funerals. We hold memorial events to which all bereaved families receive an invitation to attend in the year after their child has died. To learn more about this work on behalf of the denomination or to invite Andrew to your church, email andrew.phillips3 at nhs.not. There is a group of specialists who meet at least twice a year to pray, explore and promote children, youth and families ministries on behalf of Baptists Together. The Yorkshire Baptist Association, representative of the CYF Roundtable, is Jodie Thorpe, who lives in Dronfield, North East Derbyshire. Jodie writes, As a group, we seek to share the best practice, inspire and develop CYF initiatives nationally and ensure CYF has a voice. I represent the YBA on this team and am keen to connect with anyone who wishes to know more about what we do and how we can work together to promote the very important ministry areas of children, youth and family. If you want to get in touch, please do so via the YBA regional team, initially yba.org.uk. For now though, why not take a look at our page on the Baptist Together website to see what we are so passionate about. That's all we can squeeze in for this month. I'll bring you details of the contacts for the other associations next month. 
Thanks, Lucy. And we turn our attention overseas again now with another report from Christian Aid. Here's Claire. Musician and songwriter Emma Rosso, whose music has aired on BBC Radio 2, is donating 50% of the proceeds of her latest single, Half the World Away, to Christian Aid. Emma continued, I've always admired the work that Christian Aid has done, and their ultimate aim to end world poverty. Everyone has been touched by the devastating effects of the coronavirus, but Christian Aid is helping the poorest countries with some of the weakest health systems in their response to this deadly disease. I believe we need to rise and make a change to help make the world a fairer place. I want to raise money for Christian Aid because I believe they will really help the lives of those half the world away. Emma's single, Found Me, is available on Spotify and iTunes now. Faced with the task of organising a group fundraiser amid the lockdown, six children, aged between five and ten from Taunton, set themselves the challenge of cycling or scooting 50 kilometres to raise money for international charity Christian Aid. By the end of their quest, they'd actually cycled 70 kilometres, looping a one-kilometre route around the school grounds. It came from just a simple idea after our school chaplain ran a Christian Aid Week assembly about the charity's COVID-19 appeal. We're all going through our own challenges, but the children wanted to do something for Christian Aid, so that's how the idea came about. It was really difficult to know what they could do as a team, as that's what they really wanted to do, but also while keeping to the social distancing rules. So the cycle ride was the perfect solution. Christian Aid Week this year is raising money for poor and marginalised communities around the world who will be significantly impacted by the spread of coronavirus. We're very proud of their achievement. This was a wonderful team effort. They had so much fun completing the challenge and decided to push the distance to 70 kilometres. They feel exhausted but are so pleased with the money they've raised to help others. They feel Christian Aid is a very worthwhile cause as they know the money will go directly to the people who need help. The COVID-19 appeal is helping families to protect themselves from the pandemic. We're so grateful for everyone's thoughtfulness and generosity in helping the children reach such an amazing total. Christian Aid have issued a statement on Black Lives Matter. It reads, A week after the death of George Floyd in the United States, sparking protests from the Black Lives Matter movement around the world, we at Christian Aid are even more determined of our mission to tackle the root causes of poverty and injustice. Our mission is rooted in the belief that every human being is made in the image of God and has innate dignity. This belief has been at the foundation of our commitment to tackling poverty and injustice throughout our 75-year history. Our voice has stood firm and in solidarity with marginalised communities from the time we were established. We supported the work of the Reverend Dr Martin Luther King Jr. in the 1960s during the Civil Rights Movement. We created the Southern African Coalition to demand an end to apartheid in the 1980s. The manner and circumstances of the death of George Floyd should wake all of us up to the reality that these long-fought battles for justice for all are far from over. As a movement of people motivated by our faith to work tirelessly for dignity, equality and justice for the most marginalised groups in the world, we're outraged that globally inequality and injustice persist and that when it comes to climate change, crippling debt or lack of healthcare provision, 
black and brown people are consistently left at the bottom of the pile. Our message is simple. George Floyd's life mattered, and black lives matter everywhere. Just as we have stood with those who fight for social justice throughout our history, in 2020 we stand with all people of peace who believe that black lives matter and are committed to bringing about desperately needed systemic change in every society in the world where communities are marginalised. You heard Claire there telling us about the selfless action of a young Christian singer-songwriter, Emma Rosso. Well, Phil has been taking a look at Emma's background. HHCR is an online radio station based in Basingstoke, Hampshire. They play a mix of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s and more, all mixed in with some great information. You cannot find a better station for Basingstoke, they say. Well, you can't have too much radio, we say, but it's rather limiting if you can only hear it in Basingstoke, even though it is a very fine town. But like all community radio stations, they are up online and available on many platforms. Well, they've built a station to keep you company, boost local community pride, share local events, help Basingstoke's charities, amplify local artists, celebrate the diverse communities of Basingstoke on air, and help volunteers find their voice through the power of community radio. But why are we featuring it here on Baptist Voice? Well, they're supporting a local singer, Emma Rosso, and Emma has done something pretty smart. Her latest song is Half the World, and as a long-term supporter of Christian Aid, she's donating 50% of all the sales to help the poorest of the poor in the poorest countries in the world. Well, you can watch her singing many of her songs on YouTube, and on one she can even be seen singing to help those with a hearing problem. Her song for Christian Aid is Half a World Away, and you can see it on YouTube and download it from the iTunes or Spotify.
Emma Rosso and her song for Christine Aid. I did say that the radio station which is supporting her is on many online platforms. Well, if, like Ralph, you're a fan of the device known as Alexa, all you have to say is, Alexa, play HHCR. And there it is. Nice one, Phil. Trying to get my Alexa device to cut in on this recording. Very smart. But I was caught out like that once before when I was recording a service and Alexa started joining in with the Lord's Prayer. So now I switch her off. It's Katie next, and she returns with news from Yorkshire and the St Hilds College. St Hilds College in Yorkshire runs on ecumenical lines, exposing all those in training to a wide variety of experience and practice. Lisa, one of the Anglican students, has been visiting the World Council of Churches in Geneva and the Bossy Ecumenical Institute. This is what she wrote about her visit. Set on the banks of Lake Geneva, Bossy is as beautiful as it is transforming. The whole setting seems swathed in generations of worship and prayer. Each year Bossy is home to a new set of students from around the world. The 32 students that formed this year's intake were from 19 countries and represent 15 different denominations of Christianity. The students live, eat, study and most importantly worship together. The small chapel is a testament to compromise. When Lutherans and Orthodox share a worship space, each denomination has to give a little. Every morning a different tradition leads morning worship. I was part of the team that led common worship morning prayer. What a privilege! When I introduced the Lord's Prayer, what came back to me was a sound so sweet it has no compare. Each person saying the prayer in their own language and yet finding the same rhythm and somehow, miraculously, all reaching Amen at the same time. Spine-tingling. We often talk at college about what we hold in our closed fist, the things that are essential to our relationship with God. For me, the Eucharist has always been in my closed fist, untouchable and un. For me, the Eucharist has always been in my closed fist, untouchable and non-negotiable. As I have reflected on my visit, I have come to realise that if I don't start to open my hand and look ecumenically at the Eucharist, then any dream of Christian unity is pure folly. I want my future ministry to celebrate the richness of the ways God chooses to meet his people. And it is only by being open to and inclusive of the worship of others that we can truly achieve this. Both at Bossy and WCC, there is a mantra that unity is not about uniformity. Living alongside one another is not enough. We need to be drawing together so that the kingdom may once more be focused on God. I witnessed what it can be like to leave denomination at the door and just be together in the presence of God and it was good. The Scottish Baptist College say they are adapting. They are adapting and they are realising that there are promising opportunities. 
For example, next term, their classes will likely involve tutorial times, online or, if suitable, in person and on campus. This will enable a deeper quality of discussion, while their classes will remain largely synchronous, that is, online and but in real time, interactive and communal. Students will be able to chat to one another, discuss as they would on campus, and have access to their lecturers during class and thereafter. It will definitely not be impersonal. Some of our classes will be taught by Andrew Clark based in Aberdeen, another by Paulus de Jong based in St Andrews, and Alistair Black based in Stirling. So not only will, our, will students across Scotland benefit from their expertise, but we'll have local representation in many parts of the country. We'll still have our team in the west of Scotland, but this helps us to embrace a fuller sense of our Scottish context. And we can guarantee the same high level of learning as we are resourced by the Digital Theological Library, allowing access to over 600,000 theological books and 21,000 journals. In one sense, we're changing very little about the strength of our teaching method, but offering it in a more accessible mode of delivery. Therefore, although brought on by circumstances beyond their control, one of the opportunities this brings for the coming year is the ability to study for a Certificate in Theology and Pastoral Studies by blended learning. As well as our regular classes being online next term, we're also preparing to offer three classes in second term by blended learning, allowing you to complete a full one-year certificate programme at distance. It will still require availability at certain points in the week, but students won't be required to travel to campus in order to complete the programme. It's been a hope of theirs for a long time to serve the church in Scotland more broadly by becoming more accessible. And we think this is an excellent step towards that dream. Our South Wales Baptist College are also anxious to reassure potential students that they too are open for business. They say they welcome women and men who are preparing for various forms of Christian ministry and mission. One of the college's core tasks is working with people preparing for ordained ministry within both the Baptist Union of Great Britain and the Baptist Union of Wales. Although they say they gladly welcome open candidates who embark on theological study as part of the process of discerning God's guidance for their future. For over 100 years, the college has enjoyed a close working relationship with Cardiff University. This means that Baptist College students also benefit from having full access to the resources of the Department of Religious Studies and Theology at Cardiff University. They feel that these overlapping worlds of college and university help create a positive and stimulating environment for ministerial training and formation. They also provide flexible programmes of training designed for people serving within local churches. Contact the college by email admin at swbc.org.uk or phone them on 029 2025 6066 for more information. Ralph will be bringing us the small print shortly, and he'll be explaining what the next move will be for Baptist Voice. 
Currently, we're recording on a temporary rig set up in Ralph's home study, which explains some of the noises off you've been getting from time to time. All that will be over next month because, barring accidents, we'll be back in our studio office at Greenfield Church. But before that, Lindsay is bringing us a final roundup of news from the Baptist regions. In September 2019, the London Baptist Association launched the LBA Leadership Year, a new internship programme aimed at 18 to 25 year olds. What is it and how is it going? I felt that we needed a priority around young adults, particularly around hearing the voice of young adults, notes Lee Johnson, who arrived at the association as a regional minister in October 2018. We want to release the potential of young adults into our churches and the wider Baptist family. Thinking along similar lines was Pete Herbert James, who had joined the LBA earlier in 2018 as its Christian Youth and Young Adults lead. Pete had previously worked with the King's Cross Baptist Church for 11 years in student and young adult ministry, during which time he had been involved in creating the LBA's Young Leaders Network with several young ministers across the capital. Together, Lee and Pete put together a programme which aimed to meet these objectives. It had the full support of the association and its board and secured home mission funding to ensure as wide a range of access as possible. The funding means there is no upfront cost to the interns, so costs for the training, travel, living expenses and other materials resources are covered by the LBA. The church provides the accommodation. The programme was advertised in early summer 2019, with the first intake ready to start in September. A placement, which has two concurrent streams. There's a three-day a week placement within a church setting, which includes Sundays. There is also a regional element. Each week, the interns are based in the LBA office and an occasional national element to give a broad picture of Baptist life. Mentoring is the fourth component with each intern assigned their own mentor. We recognise that's really important within any leadership development and we know it's something that young adults really want and is a great benefit, says Pete. This is the first year of the internship programme and Pete and Lee are pleased with how it's going so far. It's been a great learning experience for us as an association, Pete says. It's been great to have three interns with us this year, bringing a fresh voice into all that we do, with ideas for the things that we're doing as well, suggesting different things. The LBA is now taking applications for September's programme. To find out more detail and to apply, you can email internship at londonbaptist.org.uk. The barn is a newish Baptist church in the rural village of Bidford-on-Avon in Warwickshire. Around 45 young adults are engaged in Sunday church and are part of a balanced overall age range across the congregation. Formed around 15 years ago as Bidford-on-Avon Baptist Church, it changed its name when it moved into a building that used to house a soft play facility called Bungo's Barn. We felt our original name was too much of a mouthful, explained Pastor Jamie Cox. We talked about a barn and a harvest, and for all those reasons, the barn has just stuck. 
Around 45 young adults are engaged in Sunday church at the barn and are part of a balanced overall age range spread across the church. Just under half are the children of adults in the congregation. There was a good nucleus of 18 to 21 year olds when Jamie arrived 10 years ago. We asked them what they wanted, thinking the answer would be pizza and bowling nights out, explained Jamie. But the answer was fuel. Full Bible studies, and that's what's always been the case. The young adults want a place where they can confidently bring their friends, he continues. In respect, it may help that the building in which the church meets is modern. It doesn't have the iconography of a more traditional church, such as stained glass windows, but more of a contemporary and positive feel. But I suspect that some of the reasons church works for 18 to 30s will be similar to the older members. They are attracted to life, word and spirit. The church also runs three stay and play sessions each week in the main church hall and has begun to build relationships with numerous families in the young adult bracket. Jamie says they seem to like the atmosphere, the warm welcome and the larger sense of community. From there, they can feed into our messy church style events and hopefully in the fullness of time into wider church life. Thanks, Lindsay. Let me just remind you before the small print that next month, because we'll be able to use all our duplicating equipment, we'll be able to resume the production of tapes, CDs and memory sticks. Now, if you know of anyone who used to regularly receive those items, do please tell them we'll be back in production next month. If you know of anyone who is visually impaired and would appreciate a copy of Baptist Voice, you can contact us at baptistvoice 13 at gmail.com or write to us at Baptist Voice, Care of Greenfield Church, Hermston, Manchester, N410TY. Baptist Voice is sponsored by the Northwest Baptist Association and all the items included are either in the public domain or reproduced with a copyright holder's permission. If we missed a copyright notice somewhere along the line, let us know and we'll remove the offending item immediately. The next edition of Baptist Voice will be along in the first week of August, but we've kept him waiting long enough. Here's the final member of our team. It's Stephen, our chaplain, who's minister at Greenfield Church. Hello. I hope you are well and safe and managing as best you can during lockdown. I'd like to read from the Bible first. It's a parable of Jesus, one that I'm sure many of you will know. It's from Luke chapter 15, the parable of the lost sheep, and I'm reading it from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, that is Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, Which one of you? having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents 
than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Jesus tells this parable and the parables of the lost coin and the prodigal son to defend his habit of eating and drinking with badans before they've even repented. The point is, of course, that Jesus isn't just sitting and waiting for them to repent, but he's actively going after them to find them and bring them home. But perhaps this parable can speak to us about more than just that important as that is. Because what's at the centre of it? Is it just Jesus' habit of spending time and giving dignity and worth to reprobates? Or is it what lies behind that? God's love and his deep care for all those who've wandered off, all those who are lost, all those who are in trouble and danger, whether we class them as sinners or not. Take, for example, the protests following George Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement and slogan. Some people have objected to this because all lives matter, don't they? Well, yes, others have replied, but some lives are more in trouble than others. All sheep matter to the shepherd, of course they do, but one sheep is in trouble, and that sheep needs rescuing right now. It doesn't mean that the other 99 aren't important or are worth less. It's that they aren't about perhaps to wander off a cliff or get into danger in some other way. The 100th sheep is... That sheep matters in the same way. People of all colours matter equally, of course they do. But some lives are in particular danger, and black people in particular seem to be being treated by some as if they don't matter. And just as the shepherd shows his love for all 100 sheep by going to find the one who's in danger, so we need to show God's love for all people by paying attention to the ones in particular danger. All lives do matter, so black lives have to matter too. Or maybe think about the apparent ending of lockdown. For many, this is a time of joy and relief, a chance to get out of the house, to see people, to do things they've not done for many months. But for others, maybe for some of you listening to this, it's very different. It's a time of worry and fear that the virus may spread again. Or it's a time of even more loneliness and isolation than before. Others are enjoying their newfound freedom, but they, and perhaps you, can't. Where is Jesus in all this? If this parable has anything to say about it, then it seems he's looking out for those who feel lonely, isolated, scared because of what might happen next, not to drag them kicking and screaming out to join in the revelry, but to reassure them that they are known, that they are loved and they are cared for, particularly at this time, to tell them that God hasn't abandoned or forgotten them, even if it seems everybody else has and just wants to forget about the whole thing. If this is you, then I pray that you will know this, that God will reveal it to you, 
and that it will be your comfort and your strength. And for the rest of us, when we're in danger of rushing back to try and live life as normal, we need to pause and to think, to remember Jesus who looks out for the one in trouble, the one left behind, the one no one else will pay attention to. We need to be the ones who will go to them in the name of the Good Shepherd to show them that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that God will not leave them behind. Let us pray. God our Shepherd, we thank you that you have come to us, found us, rescued us, shown us your love and care for us even when we'd wandered far off. Thank you that your deep desire is to find all those who are lost, all those who have wandered off, all those who feel isolated and in danger. We pray for them now those who are known to us, those who are known only to you. Whatever danger they're in, however far they've wandered off, however much they've been abandoned by others, may they know that you are close to them, seeking to show them that you love them and want them to be close to you and to be safe with you. And for us, may we know that too when we feel far off in danger, lost and helpless and by your Holy Spirit may we have the love and the grace and the courage to go with you to find these people who are so loved by you so that they may find you and may be carried home to safety in Jesus name we pray Amen The Lord's my shepherd I'll not he makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still waters. His goodness restores my soul. And I will trust in you.
For your endless mercy, for your endless mercy. 